We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite team and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Get in on the action on this week's big UFC fight, or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back? Bet Online has future odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championship. Or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how we doing? It's the Joe Harris headband episode. It is. We have had plenty of great photos and videos from the Nets in the bubble. But before we get into it, quick reminder, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, otgbasketball.com, netsrepug.com, and Blue Wire Pods. And this episode is presented by betonline.ag. But Jack, what are we talking first? 
All right, we'll get to the disappointing news first, Nick. And another Nets player, Michael Beasley, has tested positive for coronavirus. And in response to that, the team has officially signed Lance Thomas. Uh, when you heard both of these uh, pieces of news, how did you react? I mean, uh, I saw the Lance Thomas stuff first, so everyone's like, okay, how is the how is he going to get signed if Justin Anderson's supposed to get signed? Because I guess he said on a podcast he was already in Orlando, so everyone was like, all right, who's going to be the odd man out? And then I think it was like maybe 10 or 15 minutes later, we got the Beasley news that he tested positive for COVID. I was like, oh, damn. Like, seriously, it's just been such a bad luck-like year for the Nets in terms of like how many players have tested positive for COVID, the injuries they've dealt with. And it's like, this is a substitute, and now they have to get a substitute for the substitute. Obviously, you know, we hope Beasley makes a full recovery, but it just, it just like kind of summarizes the year for the Nets. Yeah, it really does. I echo the sentiments I made when talking about DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dimwini, Kevin Durant, all the other players across the NBA. You know, the main thing is that these guys get healthy and they take care of themselves because, you know, the coronavirus is a uh, an unknown thing in, in many respects. But yeah, the, the Lance Thomas signing, I think that um, we talked about it and alluded to it quite a bit on the buzz and we sort of expected it to happen. You know, obviously, Sean Marks is signing guys uh, in some respects that have ties to the organization. Justin Anderson, Lance Thomas, those sort of guys. Obviously, you know, he wanted Jamal Crawford back in 2016 as well. So no surprises there. Um, obviously, you know, there could have been like a Dante Cunningham who could have been signed as well. But uh, Lance Thomas is a, is a good signer, a good vet fit. And, you know, knowledge about the organization, I think, is going to help him when you know, getting acclimated because I think Sean Marks made that point. Um, I think we might've touched on in the last episode in terms of, you know, getting guys acclimated, getting everyone sort of comfortable with each other. Well, Lance Thomas knows the system, knows the the Brooklyn way. So it's certainly going to help him acclimate. And yeah, Michael Beasley, we just hope that um, he obviously wasn't in the bubble. He was still testing uh, before acquainting himself. So he didn't actually have contact with the team or with any other NBA players or, or officials. So uh, that is a good thing for everyone else involved. But the main thing is that Michael Beasley is is safe and fit and healthy uh, short-term and long-term. 100%. And just to touch on Lance Thomas, I mean, he's not like this amazing basketball player. Like, obviously, he didn't sign the season. He was with the Nets in training camp. But I feel like in the bubble situation, he could kind of excel to the extent because he plays good defense. He makes those hustle plays, high basketball iq type guy so solid move for the nets to just bring somebody in that can fill in the gap to give you you know a competent basketball player so you can play respectable basketball in orlando yeah could play a little bit of the five as well obviously so dante hall jared allen lance thomas that's your sort of center rotation uh, for the seeding games scrimmages and hopefully some playoff games as well so not the strongest center rotation obviously <laughs> when it was a major strong point for us in the at the start of the season and, and towards the end of it, you know, having two competent starting level centers. Now we've got one and then, you know, Dante Hall's played like four minutes of NBA basketball and Lance Thomas obviously is in the twilight of his career and probably like we sort of alluded to with Jamal Crawford providing more value off the court and in terms of his knowledge and experience. But uh, let's get to some of that, uh, that bubble news, Nick. And first things first, do you prefer Joey Headband or Joey Coronas? Ah, uh, man, I guess... Due to it being a coronavirus, I'm going to have to go with Joey Headband or Headband Harris because uh, Joey Coronas just doesn't sound safe, especially with how many positive tests the Nets have had. I mean, uh, I was salivating at all of the Headband content 
Uh, Joe Harris obviously getting in on Karis LeVert with his cornrows and his headband. Joe with the shaggy hair, with the little fringe flopping over. I know Jared Allen is a, a, a bigger fan of headband Harris. I'm a big fan of alliteration as well, but Joey headband, it's, it sounds kind of like 70s cool, and it kind of matches that persona. So uh, give me all the headband content you have, Brooklyn Nets Twitter, uh, and, and slide into my DMs at the JMNJBT. The important question, Jack, is, is he going to carry this over to next season or is this just an Orlando bubble thing? Oh, well, that's the thing. He put it on his Instagram page. No, I don't even have Instagram. I have to look on Safari, my, my phone <laughs> Safari, then go to Joe Harris's Instagram to find that post. And I'm like, mate, let's just get uh, every single Nets player in a headband. Get J- Jared Allen in a headband. Bring back the ninja headbands as well. L- let's be the ninja Nets. <laughs> I mean, why not? Why not? Why not? And, and Nick, I mean... To get into some more of the, the wholesome and fun content. We had Rodion's Kuritz in a swimming race destroying Garrett Temple and talking some massive smack. Uh, the Nets were going golfing. Garrett, Tem- uh, Garrett Temple looking quite swag in uh, the nice little red polo. Joe Harris keeping things casual with the, the Nike tee. Uh, the wholesome Titanic boat ride, as Jeanan Musa put on his Instagram. Uh, I put to you, who do you think is the best swimmer, golfer, and fisher on the Brooklyn Nets team? So we only have tape of one guy really swimming, or two guys, you know, Temple and Rodion's. And, I mean, given Rodion's trash talking, I guess you're going to have to go with him. I mean, his body type fits really Uh well for swimming. Long, lanky, skinny, you know, fit and athletic. So I think Rodion's probably the best swimmer. Um, Golfer, I'm not really sure. I mean, maybe just like Garrett Temple has the look of a golfer. So let's go with Temple. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he has the look. That's like half the battle, right? Um, And then the last one was fishing. Uh, Christioza was posting some like um, fishing stuff, so let's just go with Christioza. Yeah, I like it. I like those picks. Uh, for golf, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with yeah, I'll go with Garrett Temple as well because he just has that Andre Iguodala vibe as well. Yeah, you know, you know Andre Iguodala is obsessed with golf. Uh, when it comes to swimming, uh, I want to go with the cheeky Jana Musa. I think that you know him and Rody have this. Sort you of tweet friendship slash <laughs> yeah, competitive sort of nature to them. You know, I might challenge them on Twitter to uh, to see who wins in a swimming race. It's a la Myers Leonard and JJ Riddick and Josh Hart and Jordan Clarkson chugging beers left, right, and center. It looks like a fun time, at least at this early stage. And, you know, in terms of fishing, I'm going with Jared Allen. He just has this calm and soothing nature and patience about him that I think is key in fishing. And I just think that he would enjoy the serenity. And it's not about, you know, the competitiveness of getting that fish, getting that fish. It's just about enjoying your surroundings and just just being at one with the ocean or with the lake or whatever it is that's over there. But they're having fun and uh, it's it's great content and uh, we want it all. Are we doing a buzz podcast or a fishing commercial, Jack? <laughs> uh, I mean, why not? Why not? I've never, I don't think I've actually ever been fishing, but uh, if I got to go fishing with Jared Allen and the Brooklyn Nets, uh, I'd, be, I'd be absolutely elated. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite team and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Get in on the action on this week's big UFC fight or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back? BetOnline has future odds including win totals, division winners, and even league championship. Or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Uh, But we will get to Spencer Dimwitty, who spoke to Taylor Rooks and had 
a message, let's put it. And there were four points in this message. And one of them took me a long time to work out. I'm not sure if you know what it means, uh, point number three. But point number one, don't call the snitch hotline. Point number two, don't cross the line to get Postmates. Point number three, don't fly LA workout. And point number four, the Brooklyn Nets are coming for you. Now, do you understand all of these points, Nick? I mean, number three, I have an idea, but I'm not like 100% sure. Um, the other ones I all obviously understand because it's just normal stuff. But I guess you could reassure me with what number three means. Uh, from what I did from uh, different comment digging on different posts, it seems to me that it alludes to the earlier news where it was seen that someone, a player, may have been flying out a an no. Instagram model. Hey, yeah. <laughs> it's just a girl. Um, and, and I mean, I mentioned on JBT, funnily enough, last week or this week, I can't remember, uh, about the, the sexual frustration levels of these men and the freedom that they have. And they're not going to have that anymore, which is going to be, I mean, it's only been like three or four days. So I think they, they're going to have a little bit of stronger will than that. But hopefully uh, our guys are, are maintaining their, their will and their, their willpower. And they're enjoying the wholesome content because we're all about the wholesome content on JBT, unless it's uh, it goes to my OnlyFans show, Harry page but in relation to uh this um instagram model who could have got flown in everyone was sort of going in on montres harold he follows her on instagram and, and twitter and blah 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 but also our guy rodeon's Nick is a follower of her oh i did not know that i mean i just i saw a comment it was someone saying like watch some of these agents get uh some of these like women in like disney employee outfits and like badges so they can get on the campus <laughs> uh, i wouldn't completely put it past them i i certainly wouldn't either my friend i certainly wouldn't either but uh we've actually had some basketball things happening some things happening on the court in in terms of the the five on fives and, and some workouts and stuff um nick i guess the the first thing i want to get to is that we sort of have the practice to first unit, and it sounds like it'll be Chris Gioza, Karis Levert, Joe Harris, Rodion Kuritz, and Jared Allen. Any surprises there? No, I think that's kind of what we anticipated going in. I mean, the only thing that you could probably argue to a change would have been like, maybe don't start Gioza and start somebody else, but we've kind of talked about it. It feels like Levert is a little bit more comfortable, at least with starters, having a, at least a secondary ball handler. So I think Chioza makes sense there. And he can just kind of make life easier for Levert, you know, set up Jared Allen, Joe Harris, and kind of get the offense moving early on. Yeah, I think that it's it's likely to be, I think a lot of people probably like, Jamal Crawford. And I'm like, nah, all right, let, let's give let's give Chai time. I, I'm, I'm I would maybe, this. like the only other guy I would think maybe Garrett Temple, because obviously he's been with the team and he is kind of that secondary ball handler as well. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think it's certainly something to keep an eye on. But um, the scrimmages are coming up soon, and I, funnily enough, may be able to actually watch one. Hopefully, so I might be able to. We might be able to do a post-game scrimmage buzz. We'll have to keep an eye on that one. But there's more notes, and this is via NBA.com, and this is Jacques Vaughn talking about after the third practice session since arriving in Orlando, talking about the surroundings and the facilities. Uh, we've kind of rotated. I think overall they're changing up the times and the location to give everyone a fair playing field the third location the contemporary hotel it's a convention center one of our assistant coaches uh brett breilmeyer he's keeping note of the surroundings and which one he likes best this one had high marks today because of the periphery design very equash uh we're just taking this all in enjoying it we've got a court we're playing I think yesterday we were able to hear a team probably two courts over but we've been locked in got music playing in the background just good to hear the ball bounce it again uh 
Thoughts on uh, Jacques being happy with the, the surroundings. And these courts do look nice. You know, I've seen like some of the Sixers practices and stuff. Uh, it's a cool setup. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice little like change of something different. Long as it, you know, you can dribble on the court, the ball bounces right and the hoops are 10 feet. Like, I don't think the Nets are going to be one of those teams that really complain. You know what I mean? They just don't seem like from an organizational standpoint, they're not even if the courts weren't up to their standards, they still would have been like, hey, this is fine. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I think that talking about the lineups as well, and I know I have this uh, later on in our Google Doc, but we'll get to it now. Uh, Rodion Skurit said uh, about him and sort of Dante Hall and now Lance Thomas, obviously. Uh, obviously, this is before the, the news uh, trickled through. Uh, it's me and Jared Allen as a big man right now, said Kuritz. Uh, it's tough to be honest, but I'm getting used to it. Getting good at the five position too, because I'm sure I'm going to have to play some minutes at that position. What do you think of a Kuritz at the five lineup? I, I think that that gives us a little bit of, I think it could be fun and entertaining. Yeah, it could be fun offensively, transition-wise, like swarming defensively, but like he's going to get like eaten in the post. You know what I mean? Like if he had a big on him and trying to back him down, like they're going to have to dig at that real quick. Um, but other than that, I mean, it is intrigue. It adds like a little bit of um, versatility to Rodion's down the road. You know, maybe when like two or three years from now when he fills out, you know, and gets a little bit more size to him. I think like playing small ball five occasionally wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for him. Just right now, he's just so thin. But like you said, it should be fun and exciting. He's a pretty good rebounder. You know, he's blocked a couple shots, but I just don't think he has like the real size for a five. Even like, even some of the undersized guys are probably better because they're like physically stronger where I'm just not sure Rodion's has that, at least at this age. I guess if I were to throw, I guess, the three sort of backup names, um, and we have Kuritz, we have Thomas, we have Hall. In terms of your order of who should, who do you want playing backup minutes at that five position or the second most minutes other than Jared Allen, how would you rank them? I guess you probably have to go with Dante Hall because, like, he has experience playing down low, you know, playing that position, playing with the bigs. And, like, I think the Nets probably want to see what he can do. I'd I'd probably say, like, Rodion's last because I feel like this is a good opportunity for the Nets to really observe Rodion's and see, like, what he can be and what he can do in this situation and where he can excel. And playing him out of position I don't think is ideal. So I'd, I'd really stick him to the four. And I think Lance Thomas, from, like, a basketball IQ and from a physical strength perspective, might be better off down at the five possession and just understanding, you know, positioning down there. So I'd probably yeah. go Allen. Paul Thomas. And, and I think in, in that respect, Thomas can also shoot the three a little bit. So if you yep. want to sort of, you know, play five out basketball, I think Lance Thomas gives you the best opportunity to do that, even though we know our guy Nolan Jensen wants Jared Allen to be shooting those threes as well. But on Dante Hall, Chris Gioza obviously has a little bit of experience playing uh, against him. And he said, I've always liked his game. Uh, he's always been a guy I'd like to play with because he's so athletic, great defender, great rim protector, and great rebounder. His athleticism is off the charts. He has stuff you just can't teach. Really raw when I first saw him play. I played him this year in the G League, and he was one of the best bigs in the G League. He can really go and has a great motor. He has some skills people probably don't really know about. He can play make a little bit, but his athleticism will be huge for us. Great rim protector and energy. Thoughts on uh, Chai Time giving some love to Dante Hall? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's seen him firsthand, so he has a little of experience with him, but it kind of matches the scouting report. You know what I mean? The rim runner, rim protection, uber athletic. He's probably going to catch some big oops in Orlando, probably some nice putbacks as well. You know, the playmaking was an interesting comment, but I'm not sure, though, he'll really even have an opportunity to do that. 
No, and, and, and maybe it is in, in the pick and roll, and hopefully, you know, he has some nice kick-out passes and such because obviously he is a, a similar prototype to what Jared Allen is, and Jared Allen has improved in that area uh, despite, you know, having some up-and-down moments this season. But, uh, Nick, obviously the focus is on the social justice movement uh, all around uh, America and the world right now. And Karis Levert and Jacques Vaughn have echoed that. And, and they've said, as, and this is from Levert, as a team, we're just trying to keep the conversations alive, make sure they're candid, make sure everyone's voice is heard. We've had several conversations as a team leading up to here. I guess there's been a lot about basketball and trying to get everybody on the same page, but we definitely have had conversations and they won't stop. They'll keep going for sure. And Vaughn added to that. Uh, that's the challenge. I was actually part of a small group in our organization, reinforcing our thoughts of continuing to educate our team whether that's going through movies as we're here, through books as we're here. So we'll organize that in a, we organized that in a meeting yesterday because that's really the true challenge. Basketball part's going to be easy, but to continue to invest in the bigger picture and the broader message to our entire group that comes through education, we'll continue to push that as an organization. It's definitely on the forefront of our coaching staff, our GM, our ownership. It will not be removed because the ball is bouncing again. Wonder, I love hearing that from Jacques Vaughn. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we've kind of talked about Vaughn in the past and his part in this and trying to educate, you know, people in the organization and his own players and like hearing it from Karis as well. It's like the Nets are not kind of letting this sleep. This is a thing they're going to continue to focus on and they're going to continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement. And I think it's important. And I think it only will help kind of bring the team closer. You know what I mean? It's it's really just like great leadership from Vaughn and from Lavert to an extent, too. Absolutely, absolutely. And I guess uh, we sort of touched on some off-the-court things. Um, and just before we do get to that, I, I love that the, the focus is on education as well because yeah. obviously it is it is such a, a, a rich back backstory to just what has been happening and so many missed things because so many things aren't taught in, in traditional education. And a lot of our guys might not know that. We have a lot of international guys as well that might not know that history. And education, you know, literature is a great a great way of sort of shortening that gap and providing the the sort of knowledge that needs to be provided so you have a, a well-rounded base of, of what the true issues are and, and where they come from and why they're continuing to linger. So uh, kudos to the Nets organization and kudos to every other organization that's continuing to make uh, social justice a real focus. Uh, but Nick, obviously we talked a little bit about off-the-court stuff, but uh, they're talking about it as well uh, within the guys and within uh, Jacques Vaughn as well. Uh, Joe Harris was talking about the Players' Lounge. Uh, I went in the Players' Lounge yesterday. They did a great job of setting up sort of a hospitality area for all the guys. We ordered in food last night as a team, able to watch some of the USC fights. I'm playing, with, I'm playing golf with Garrett on Tuesday, uh, which was obviously what we alluded to a little bit earlier. Uh, there's a lot of stuff we have at our disposal here. The NBA done a, has done a good job of making sure to try and accommodate everybody and give us options to do in our free time. Yeah, I mean, like we said before, the Nets aren't going to say if anything was bad. So this is kind of a response you would expect. But it does seem like there's a lot of like different activities for them to do while in Orlando, while they're in Orlando and Disney. Like maybe not their typical stuff, but still at least something interesting that at least for like the first month, I don't think they'll get sick of it. But maybe by like, you know, September or August, like you're eh, maybe this is kind of getting old. But for now, I think like a lot of the stuff has been pretty fun. And I've never known that so many NBA players like fishing. Yeah, I mean, when the Nets are in the conference finals, Nick, that's when things might get a little bit tricky for us. But obviously, we also did see the... You might have to get some of those LA workouts fly out. Hey, maybe, maybe just one or two. Maybe just one or two. Maybe just one for Joe Harris. So he can fly me in. Um, but we saw the the famous game that uh, Michael Jordan played against uh, his security, the wall ball, 
uh, I'm calling it wall ball, where you throw the little ball and and see how close it gets to the wall. We saw the Nets playing that one as well. And then we also heard Jacques Vaughn say this about, I guess, guys sort of relaxing. You want guys to enjoy what they're doing. They do need mental breaks, whether it's a pool recovery, whether it's having games to play at the beginning of practice, whether it's a comical video at the beginning of practice. All those things come into play when you're in an environment like this. You're really not worried about the physical, but the mental aspect of guys every day as well. Really nice point there. Yeah, I mean, I brought this up. I don't know if it was on the buzz or on the outlet. I feel like it's just natural for you to be more stressed when you're like separated from your normal life, even if it's, you know, family, friend related or just like even like, I guess, to a smaller extent, your pets. You know what I mean? Just like so many different things that you can't see or that you might worry about or are out of your control and you're just in a different setting. So it's natural to stress. So I think your mental health is probably one of the most underrated things of the Orlando bubble. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm it's it's sort of like you know everyone's sort of talking like an AAU sort of camp sort of style thing and I think that that plays into the sort of Nets family thing because we see like whenever we see like behind the scenes you know the Brooklyn Bridge sort of videos uh, that the Nets social media team drops you know every single time or at least one in every two times they're always talking about one two three family so uh, I think that that family environment is certainly being emphasized and you want to try and uh, make these guys feel comfortable because uh, these are the best athletes in the world at their sport you know they're going to get themselves right and a lot of them are looking in in fantastic shape so you want to maintain their their mental faculties and you know, I think that more than any other season, this doesn't just relate to the Brooklyn Nets, but to all teams in general. That this is going to be the most mentally draining uh, end to an NBA season that we've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, it's just like literally being on like a work trip for three months where you can't go back to your family or like, I mean, I guess like three of your members can come what was after the first round, but still like for that time being your your life is completely different and it's like out of your control. And like the only thing you can really rely on are your teammates and your coaches and other members of the organization. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And uh, well, finally, Nick, we'll get to some comments from Jared Allen. Um, and he was talking about the, the extra burden that he's going to have to uh, hold on his his shoulders. Uh, he wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't say extra pressure. I'm not really a feel the pressure type of guy. It gives me some more freedom. During the season, all the options in front of me uh, are sitting out. I really hope they get better. All the health stuff aside, now is just a time to go out there and explore my game. Ooh. Ooh, is he going to take... He's listening to Nolan Jensen on the Brooklyn Buzz, definitely. I feel like maybe he will be a little bit more aggressive in the post or in different situations where he gets the ball and just like... I don't want to say like shoot, but maybe like drive. We saw a little bit in summer league. I want to say not this past, maybe it was this past summer. It's hard to, everything's so confusing with uh, COVID. But <laughs> the last time we saw Jared Allen in summer league, there was a couple plays where he, you know, took the ball, he got the handoff and he just drove it right to the rim because the other team wasn't expecting and threw down a monster dunk. So I think there is like a little bit of his game. Even probably last season, we saw a couple post moves, nothing crazy. It was just an occasional spin move or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a little bit more aggressive because the Nets are going to need somebody to score, and now you're one of the best players on the team, and they need you to step up. Yeah, and I think it, we'll probably see more of the play that we saw from Jared Allen at the start of the season yeah. with that sort of freedom um, and obviously not being encumbered by the sort of, you know, feeling the pressure of having to keep your starting position, all that sort of thing. So uh, I'm excited to see what uh, the guy can produce. But uh, one final thing, uh, Nick, from Jared Allen and from the guys that practices, uh, he talked about keeping that throw intact. And mm. in terms of my hair, I'm going to keep it as it is. I'm not going to let anybody touch it. Just going to keep growing it out. There's a lot of barbers there, apparently, in Orlando as well. So uh, I put to you, should Jared Allen uh, give that uh, throw a little bit of a trim? If I'm not mistaken, the only person who cuts his hair is his dad. There so 
if his dad's not there, the hair's not getting cut. And I mean, I guess it's kind of getting to a point where if the afro keeps growing, you know, it's helping him defensively because he's just getting a little bit taller. Yep, yep. Um, so Nick, I'll put to we'll move on to um, let, let's just quickly touch on on this question. Obviously, Karis Levert is looking like an absolute stud. We've heard comments of plenty. Nothing we necessarily have to touch on specifically. But the, the question that's being bandied around Nets media and Nets Twitter is, is Jacques Vaughn's future in Karis Levert's hands? Uh, I'm not sure about that. I think, like, to be fair, you can co- you can judge Vaughn on what you've seen in Orlando, but, like, he's going there with maybe the worst roster or, like, bottom three or bo- bottom four roster in Orlando. So, like, how much can you really expect from the guy? You know what I mean? And he's getting players that haven't been with the team all year. So, like, half these guys haven't even played NBA minutes with the Nets. So, it would be really tough in my eyes to give Jock Vaughn a fair run if you take a lot of you, – you account for a lot of his, like, coaching in what you see in Orlando because it's going to be so weird even all, even overall. Like, if Karras plays really well, like, does that really have a ton to do with Vaughn? I'm not really sure. You know what I mean? If Karras, like, drops 40 and wins him a game, is that Jock Vaughn coaching well or is that just Karras Avert kind of popping off? So I'm not sure how much of that is really correlated, to be honest. Yeah, obviously – it's, it's so hard to assess how Jacques Vaughn is going to really sort of throw his, really sort of solidify himself as the, the head coaching candidate, whether it's he's already done it and whether it's uh, about Carlos continuing to prove himself and whether it's, you know, Jacques Vaughn giving him more freedom than Kenny Atkinson did in the past. Who knows? I think it is a it is a factor and, and probably one of the, the, the top three or four factors. You know, obviously Jacques Vaughn in terms of how he runs the team as a whole, for me, is probably more important than how he just lets one player flourish. You know, how does he get the best out of, you know, these guys? Can he, you know, get some... Can he develop some guys that we haven't seen, like a guy we're going to speak about in a little bit, you know, uh, guys that can be possible vet minimum rotation players? Can he reinvigorate Rodion's Kuritz? I think it is a, a part of the overall holistic picture for him throwing his name in there and really solidifying it as the guy to beat in terms of the head coaching race. But I think it's it's one of many factors in terms of him sort of making his name heard. Yeah, and I just think that, like, it would almost be unfair to Jacques Vaughn. Like, if the Nets hypothetically don't win a game in Orlando like yeah some of that's probably on Vaughn but like at the end of the day there's just not a ton of talent on the roster and there's not much chemistry because these guys haven't been playing so like guys can pop off but it's also such a small sample size you know what I mean like if we took our sample size from every NBA team for the first eight games of the season we would have thought the Phoenix Suns were going to be one of the best teams in the Western Conference and the Utah Jazz weren't even going to make the playoffs because like certain teams just kind of do well in like bit over a span of time because they have to build up that chemistry so like I, I can see both sides of it but I just think from my opinion I I couldn't put that much into it unless for some reason the Nets like play outstanding and they go five and three I feel like it's it's kind of hypocritical but if the Nets play really well I think you can give some credit to Jock Vaughn but if they play really bad I'm not sure he deserves much of the blame interesting interesting that's one way of putting it I guess as long as they maintain a consistency and, and an effort level. I think that that's probably a fair point. The yeah. Nets are going 7-1, by the way, guys. I put that on the last part. It's going to happen. Speaking into existence, LeVar. I pray every let's night. <laughs> uh, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Let's start with those scrimmage games against New Orleans next week. But, Nick, uh, we'll get to a guy that we barely spoke about on this podcast in the history of the buzz, and that's Jeremiah Martin, the G League call-up. And Vaughn singled him out, and he said, I'd say Jeremiah Martin has been a huge surprise for us, his ability to compete. 
Uh, that's all we ask at this stage is the ability to compete, whether that's knowing the plays, knowing different imp implementations, or having yourself ready every day. I give him a pat on the back as well. Carol Savert also uh, singled him out as well, uh, saying he's been a huge addition for us. He's very quick with the basketball, makes great decisions, very good shooter too. I liked him when he was in college in Memphis. It's been cool to be on the same team with him and learn some things from him as well. What are your thoughts on those comments about uh, the G League call-up, Jeremiah Martin? Good for him. You know what I mean? Take advantage of this opportunity in front of you. You know, one way we've talked about this a lot and for a lot of young guys on the Nets or in the past or trying to earn a, a spot on next year's team, like there's certain skills that you can bring that almost make a coach have to play you. You know, you play great defense, you play hard, you hustle, you make the right passes, you always run in transition and just make those extra plays. You're going to catch the coach's eyes or you're going to catch you know other players on the team because they, they respect that extra hustle, especially when you're a young guy trying to earn those minutes. So, Good for Jeremiah Martin. Maybe he'll be a huge surprise for the Nets in Orlando. Yeah, I want to see some minutes, you know, in, in, be it in the scrimmages, be it in the seeding games. Obviously, uh, there is uh, only so minutes to go around when you have that many guards in the roster. But to hear that, you know, if he is truly making his name heard, then reward him with some goddamn minutes. You know, I want to see him show that defense. I want to see him shoot the ball. I want to see him run in transition, make good decisions. Um, I want to see him on the court because, you know, we don't get the insight into the practices, unfortunately. So hopefully he can bring that energy and that confidence uh, onto the onto and against NBA-level competition. But we'll certainly be keeping an eye on it. Uh, but, Nick, we have uh, the big <laughs> Aristotle, Shaquille O'Neal. The Nets will make the second round of the playoffs. What are we talking about here? Let me just get to the quote from uh, Mr. Shaquille O'Neal himself, making absolutely outlandish calls on TNT. He said, because there's no home court advantage and they'll be playing in the ballroom, Brooklyn will advance to the second round. You heard it here first. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, what do you think, Nick? What do you think? I mean, there's a, there's a good reason Shaq usually doesn't talk about the Nets because he doesn't really obviously know much about the team. I mean, if they got to the second round, I'd be amazed. If they were able to even get their first round series to six games, I'd yeah. be amazed. So, I mean, whatever, Shaq, you want to give the Nets some props? We know you make some crazy takes on uh, TNT sometimes, but I'm hoping this one is correct. I mean, maybe he heard Rodion's courts and just copied uh, what he was sort of saying. Obviously, this has to relate to if the Nets maintain that seventh seed because there is absolutely no way in the world we're beating the Bucs. Yeah, there is literally 100%. little to no chance. There is a, a greater chance of me you know, being flying out LA style, Spencer Dinwiddie style um, <laughs> to the Orlando bubble and, and you know me turning into a headband in the next life and, and fitting on Joe Harris's head. There is a greater chance of that happening. But... You know, if, like you sort of said, Nick, the Nets maintain that seventh seed, they go up against a Boston or a Toronto, more likely a Toronto right now, then there is certainly a chance. Obviously, I believe that the Nets will probably go out in five. Um, I think that they'll show a little bit of fight. I think that they do match up well. Out of, like, all those sort of top four teams, I think the Toronto Raptors are, funnily enough, the, the best matchup for us. I don't like the, the Celtics... Uh, well, I don't mind the Celtics, actually. I, I think, think I might, I, going in with like a healthy Nets, I probably would have preferred the Raptors. But given the current Nets, I might, not to say that I think the Nets are going to beat any of these teams. I would just say like the Celtics, the only thing that the Nets have going for them is that like they don't have a dominant big. So like you don't have to worry about as much as like, oh, Dante Hall's going to have to play minutes or whatever. Like Jared Allen actually might be able to have like very good games against Boston, which he has in the past. But going against like Toronto's front line might be tough for him. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating one, and we'll obviously keep an eye. Hopefully, we can maintain that seventh seed to make things at least Hopefully a little more no interesting. Hopefully, no bucks. <laughs> no, please, God, no. Hopefully, make things entertaining uh, for us. And obviously, the Orlando Magic will be trying to steal that seventh seed from us. But Nick will end with a little bit of Kyrie Irving. 
Kyrie Irving news. He's been uh, on the social media, had a little bit of an Instagram live to chat to his sister. And I guess one of the main quotes that I wanted to chat about is, you know, the confidence that he obviously has about himself. It's about on the court. Look at my resume. Look at the classics. Look at my art. I created it for going on 10 years plus now. Don't play with me. Don't play with what I do on a day-to-day basis to provide and go out there and create. Uh, Are you playing with – don't play with Kyrie Irving, Nick. Yeah, don't play with his game. I mean, I feel like this is kind of Kyrie just reacting to all the hate and, like, disrespect on his name, saying people are saying he's not as good or he's overrated. And he's just saying, like, hey, the evidence is there. The film is there. Go watch it. I do what I do, and I do it at an extremely high level. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that we know that he doesn't lack confidence, and I think that the the main thing for Kyrie Irving is about health. And yeah, uh, I, I don't doubt any any of his talents whatsoever, but I do have questions about his longevity and health. And if he can stay healthy, uh, then goddamn, he's going to be putting on art left, right, and center on the basketball court. But, <laughs> uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the. Uh, the, the documentary uh, of relating to Jamel Hill that was uh, also had Common and, and Jamel Hill discussing uh, Taylor's Taylor's killing. And I mean, it was, I didn't get to see it myself. And Kyrie Irving said some some wonderful things about sort of, you know, making sure we take care of, of everyone and, and making sure that, you know, that there's that equality for everyone. And um, I think that, Again, we wanted to touch on it because in case people haven't seen it, I know I'm probably going to try and check out a few clips if there is uh, any sort of availability for it. But I think also the talks between a lot of the panelists was about not just Black Lives Matter for, for like you know, African-American males, but for, for cisgender and transgender women and, and just that, that racial and gender equality within the Black Lives Matter movement, which I think is important. And I think with the comments from Stephen Jackson that we haven't necessarily alluded to on this podcast or other podcasts, you know, it's important to know that equality is for all. And mm. uh, especially when it, no matter what minority it is, you know, I'm obviously myself and Nick Fay are obviously part of that majority, and it's it's our job to sort of shine a light and, and educate it and and try and close that gap to make sure that the the rights that we have uh, as just being born white males uh, are addressed in in some sort of way. So to hear these discussions about you know equality for all, and I think that's why probably a lot of people were in it on the back of their jerseys. Not that it really it means a lot, but I think these conversations are as important as you know a, a bit of writing on the back of an NBA jersey. 100%. I think it's like kind of we talked about with the Nets earlier in the show is just kind of continuing the movement yeah. and the message and to educate on the situation because like, hey, you can't really uh, fix a problem unless you know everything about it and like what is actually wrong so you can get it at its deepest point instead of just kind of like doing like laying over the top. You know what I mean? So I feel like, you know, Kyrie using his his voice and his platform and, you know, his the money he has from the NBA and different opportunities he's gathered to kind of continue to push for this is just great. And we've talked about him in the past, and he's kind of putting his his uh, his letting his actions speak louder than words. You know what I mean? He's talked about yep. it, but he's actually going out there and doing things too, which I think is just as important. Yep, so many NBA players are doing the same. Uh, again, I'll, I'll echo the sentiments. It makes me proud to be an NBA fan. This league and its players are are absolutely outstanding. Um, I, I agree, Nick. You know, the Black Lives Matter movement is ongoing despite the fact that, you know, we don't see those protests on, on the, the local and, and national media. They're still happening. The, the fight is still going on. So keep fighting the good fight for everyone out there, including ourselves. And just in case uh, we have some people listening from around the world, um, make sure, because it still hasn't happened yet, that the two-thirds of the uh, uh, officers who murdered in Callis, Breonna Taylor, are arrested because it still hasn't happened. And uh, I'm going to keep saying it as well. 
Yeah, 100%. And that's something that needs to happen, especially if the U.S. and the U.S. government and the police system or whatever you want to call law enforcement wants to make change and make serious change. You have to hold people accountable for things they do. And like when you kill somebody like that, you need to be arrested. Things need to happen. You just can't get away with it because you're a police officer. Absolutely. Um, it's it's something that, you know, I think we're going to continue the conversation. And, and yep. if we ever get a chance to, to talk about it on this pod, we'll continue to, to talk about it. And we like to end with it as well because we think that the important stuff deserves to go at the end. Obviously, plenty of Nets news, Nick, and, and plenty of news uh, relating to, to the world in general. It's a crazy time, but it's always good uh, chatting about this team, chatting about the world in general with you. Same here, Jack. And always big thanks to everybody who listened. And obviously, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, otgbasketball.com, netsblog.com, and Blue Wire Pods. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.